Hello, 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 Fort Worth. What is up? It's Anthony Sosa here. Happy 22, and thank you for joining us. This is our first episode of 2022. Um, we're going to do something a little different today. It's going to be a little bonus episode. So back in December, on December 6th, I recorded a podcast with my friend Dustin Schneider from the Jerry Jonestown Massacre. Uh, for my other podcast, As an Artist, where we focus on local artists, their creative process, and the local scene. Uh, if you're interested in that, go check out that podcast. I'll have a link down below. However, towards the end of that conversation, we kind of transitioned into starting to talk about stuff that's going on in Fort Worth, different Fort Worth issues. And we talked for a while. So I figured, hey, why don't I clip that off and just release that as a bonus episode? So that's what I'm doing here. Uh, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming next week with Amber and Rose and Thomas to cover the governor's race. Uh, we have a primary coming up. If you didn't know, there is a primary for the governor that's going to be on March 1st, meaning early voting for that starts on Valentine's Day, February 14th. So that's pretty quick. So we're going to try and get you guys uh, up to date on that information as well as covering, you know, the upcoming Tarrant County election we have on May 1st. So we'll get back to that. However, uh, in this conversation, me and, me and Dustin talk about a lot of different things. We talk about Betsy Price and her, you know, run for Tarrant County judge. We talk about the Hotel Dreis incident that we covered at the end of last season, last year. Um, we talk a little bit about local Hemp Hill news, uh, Hemp Hill No Se Vende. We talk about what it's like to be a teacher during COVID and also a history teacher in the climate of the CRT anti-history movement that we're seeing here in Texas, uh, as well as just what it's like to live in America uh, right now in COVID, you know, what it's like to have our political system and our economic system and just, you know, kind of having a little conversation about that. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. It was a lot of fun I had with Dustin. If you're interested in knowing more about his creative process, his photography stuff, his music stuff, by all means, go check out that part, that uh, other podcast uh, as an artist. Um, and thank you for joining us. We look forward to, to covering a lot of new stuff uh, this year, trying a couple of different format things. So uh, this is a fun conversation. I certainly enjoyed it. One other thing I want to let you know is that it is unedited. Uh, normally I edit our podcast for language. However, uh, for time's sake, just in order to get this out quickly, I'm not editing anything. So there will be a few curse words here and there, just a heads up. But once we get back to our regularly scheduled programming, expect those to be edited out as usual. So I hope you enjoy it and look forward to seeing y'all next week. Thank you. political show fort worth freedom review freedom review let's if you want some time i've been thinking about this we'll come back in january too if you want to do a, de a debate or pick a topic i've been thinking we're doing the you know coverage stuff but i've been marinating on like trying some different content would you be interested i'm just yeah because i got okay. fired up driving down here oh you did i saw something that made me well there's two things that made me mad okay first off 35 I know that everything, you know, 35 is, is pretty much done uh, south of downtown. Will it ever be done? 
it won't ever really be done. <laughs> but I know for a fact that like I-30 and 35 and that Mixmaster were designed 20 or 35 years ago is when the guy told me. The engineer, the engineer told me he designed that 35 years ago and he would, the company he worked for, he'd never see the end of it. Wow. Because he would retire. But he, it was like one of the second or third t- big things he had ever put together. And it was like four years working at this mm. Austin. I think it was Austin um, construction company. And he told me he would never see the end of it. Wow. Like, cause he would retire and move on or be done with his career and Same they still man. wouldn't be done with it. So everything that's designed, the infrastructure is way too old mm-hmm. and that interchange and all this down here is crazy. That upset me. Cause I'm like, Fort Worth's grown way too big yeah. and this infrastructure is ridiculous and it's like nobody cares then i saw a betsy price sign Mm. for for tarrant county uh judge i nearly went off the road and hit it yeah it was just like yep and she's probably gonna win it because there's no uh, the contender no one's ever heard of and she's using this giant yellow price tag i haven't seen it yet you haven't no but i'm sure it will turn on him peel Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't or, know how uh, I've missed it. I, I, <laughs> turn on Barry, and I think it's right before you get to railroad tracks. Okay. I don't know how I would have missed it. Yeah. I think it's right there. Yeah. I was Not just like, I was wondering. Yeah. I guess I, mean, I was. I was thinking it might be January when we start seeing that stuff. But yeah, it's we're gonna see. A When's time. that election? Uh, May. It is in May. Yeah. Mm. And like there was talk that Deborah Peoples was gonna run against her, and it was a bunch. But I don't think that's actually gonna happen. She never actually announced that she was gonna run. But even if she did, I don't think there'd be any resistance. We already had that election. We already voted on that. Yeah, you know, like we, last year. We've gone we already did through that. this again. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you notice yeah. that, we keep just going through things. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we could definitely talk about that. That'd be fun. The older get doing. older, and the rich get richer. Yep. Seems to be the way things are going. Have you taken your dog to any boutique hotels lately? <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Now that sent oh me off. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a thing. Yes. That oh man. Uh kind of glad we got to do that as the last episode. Like I did, you know, it kind of could just fell into our lap the night before we recorded. Like, oh look, look what happened. Let's talk about this. Um, I haven't got any bad feedback yet because I called Sasha C word. Really? I got fired oh, yeah. up. I was mad and I was talking about it and it just Came out. Well, that's good. But it, that you didn't get any bad feedback about yeah. it. I mean, you know. <laughs> but that, that aggravates me. Yeah, it's disgusting. You know, I hate, politically speaking, I hate hypocrisy. Yeah. When it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. And just the misleading. Mm-hmm. I Those are like the two things that make me crazy about everything around here. Other than that, you know. The city's a city. It's it's slowly becoming blue. Will it stay that way? I think tides change. It yeah. goes back and forth. It'll probably be blue for a little while, then it'll go back red. Then yeah. it'll be, you know, just back and forth. It's just the way things are. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's I don't know. It's Yeah. Where it's it's an interesting time to be a Fort Worthian. That's it's for very sure. interesting yeah. time. And there's some interesting stuff going on and I I'm glad it seems people are caring. Now, if they just yeah. show up and vote. That's the thing. Those yeah. vote numbers for being there were terrible. Yeah. And, but it's terrible, but at the same time, historic. Like, this is the biggest, the largest turnout we've had for, for mayor. So, 
And it was yeah. one eighth of the was, population. Yeah, or not? It was eighty eighty thousand. We have eight hundred thousand or something. We have eight hundred thousand eight hundred thousand and eighty people live in Fort Worth. Something like that. Yeah, and eighty thousand turned out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about right. <laughs> And it's historic though. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like it's so historic. negative, but it's it's like well, we're trending in the right direction. Though. <laughs> like, like it, it it certainly could be worse, but thankfully it's not. I don't know. Well, so we'll see. And I I thought because it was the runoff that we had that turnout. I would have thought the runout numbers would have gone down. Yeah. From the actual from the May first election, but they actually went up. So I don't know. People seem to be more engaged. Being down here, and. I mean, this doesn't have to be on the show. <laughs> you can cut all this. Oh out. yeah, whatever. whatever. We'll figure, figure it out. But being down here, do you feel like this area is represented well and taken care of by the city? Well, oh, you mean like here on the south side, or yeah, down here on the south side? Ah, uh, no, I don't. You're, you're know. In the, you know, being on the further south side. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like it's it's taken care of and represented well? No, but it's it's like, it's, they, it's tricky. Are they doing anything along Hemp Hills south of here? So it it they they just repaved Hemp Hill over the past year. They're like okay. repaved it, they repainted it, and they took it from five lanes to three lanes. And everyone's that Amber and I went to the meeting for that because they had a city meeting like asking our input or whatever before yeah, a year before they did it. Um and you know, most people just don't go to the most people didn't know. So when they started doing it, like people in the neighborhood are still pissed. They did it because people have been racing down Hemp Hill mm -hmm. forever. Uh, and there were like three pedestrian deaths a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so it was like, okay, we need to cut down, do something about this. We don't want people, and especially because there's a multiple schools here. There's a bunch of families that live here. Like yep. we, we need to, there's kids around and stuff like cut down on that. I get it. I was for the change. Um, so they've done that. And I'm, have you heard of the Hempel No Se Vende thing move movement? Is that um, the one where they're trying to keep? Uh, multi-tenant housing out. Yeah, it's it's this guy. This guy ran for mayor, Ricardo Av Avatia, I think is his name. Uh, he did. He didn't get you know got forty votes or something like that. But he has this organization that is trying to get the city to not gentrify this area. But but what is this area? Everything uh, south of Barry? Pretty much everything south of Barry, yeah. Okay. Like, pretty much, yeah. I mean, te technically, Barry to Our Lady Victory is like Hemp Hill Heights or whatever. Okay. And south of that is is my neighborhood. And then, like, so all of this whole Hemp Hill corridor, I guess, I guess you could say maybe up to, because the, they have the paint, wall painting there where the warehouse used to be. Yeah. Up there by the train tracks. Yeah. I think it's like from there down. Okay, because um, I know yeah. change is coming from the train track yeah. to Magnolia. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. It, it's To me, the movement seems to be misguided because we need stuff here. Like, yeah. whether you want to call it gentrification or not, we could argue the semantics of what is and isn't gentrification. But, like, does the city need to be spending more money down here? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so I kind of like disagree with a lot of like initially when I was like, oh, there's like organization here in the neighborhood, like for a political, for a political cause. I'm like, oh, they're anti-gentrification. Like, oh, fantastic. Uh, and then I started looking into more and more what they were about and like what they were saying, coming at protesting and whatever at this, at the meetings. And I'm like, nah, no, nah, man. Like, I'm glad they're building apartments over here. Like we need, we need more housing. Like, I'm cool with it. I'm sorry you don't want them to be building. You know, they're not high rise, fancy apartments. They're they're yeah. you know they're they're low income housing. Um, but that's the kind of 
that's the kind of housing we need over here because that's the type of people that live over here. So I don't know. I, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be cleaned up down Hemp Hill. On yeah. Both sides, yeah. You know, and well, I don't know. We A lot of people were talking about this. You know, we've had people on the show that were bitching about, you know, we don't want Hemp Hill to be all all trendy and shops and everything. It's like, yeah, but a lot of the buildings and houses running through there are crap. Yeah. You know, if they're not historical status, yeah. Get them out of there, clean that place up. Let's clean but something him else hill there. up. Yeah. Um, you know, from Allen down is yeah. Scary. Yeah. That's that's some that can be some scary land. A lot of it is is JPS people just yeah, roaming. It's just right there next yeah. to next to the hospital. But I you know, they're building that new hotel, whatever, uh, right there at Paul's Donuts. Yeah. And it's like be a hotel too. I thought it was like a bank, but another is it bank? It's probably gonna be a few things. Um, but they're supposed to be building some more stuff coming south. Yeah. And, you know, before too long. There was a whole talk about beside the seven eleven putting a skate park, but I guess that didn't go through. Mm, I remember them seeing something, yeah, but it never Yeah. It never happened. Yeah. I know I think it went to vote. Or the the petition was out there, but maybe it didn't get enough signatures to mm. get a vote. But um there was some fear of homeless from yeah. JPS or whatever just setting up camp in the skate park. Yeah. So that's you know, a lot of people were worried about that. But yeah. I don't know. Um I haven't been down past Bittison in a while. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't seen much. I mean that's that's best. Yeah, this and that's why I drive through on my way to and from work every day. And I think that's the part that this it's probably primarily like Latino group is concerned about is like that part of Hemp Hill. But it's mostly like I don't know, man. Like as someone who lives here, like it's an eyesore. Like a lot of these places are just really tiny, shitty bars and auto, auto bars and taquerias. Yeah, all I'm all there. about the taquerias. I am and too. I, I, the pawn shops too. Like I'm all about that too. Yeah, gotta but, get pedals. Yeah, but like we don't need 15 fucking like tires places. No, or what are transmissions places or no. whatever. Like two or three. Like I'm cool. But like it's the entire street is just. And <laughs> you've got grain silos that have been empty <laughs> yeah. for two decades. That place if is not awesome. Longer. Have you undershot photos? In? I've, I've shot photos there. But people have died there. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I heard know, some girl. She fell, fell off the top. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they got a little cross out there and everything. But it's, I mean, it, it's sketchy and dangerous. Yeah, and there's nothing to stop yeah. anybody no, from doing not. anything there. Yeah, the road goes right beside it. You can't put a fence up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yep. Yeah, there was something else I was going to ask you about that uh, was on your last show that. I wanted to ask you since you're teaching. Is it the school district stuff or um the history? There's so much teaching crap right now. The 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 history stuff, the CRT. The CRT. Yeah. Okay. When I was in school, any history class I took, mm. Texas, whatever. Texas, we never made it past the Alamo. Yeah. And history. U.S. history barely made it to the Civil War. Mm. Barely. Mm -hmm. Is that changed now? Are they actually getting into... I asked my son this, and he's like, eh, not really. It's just... The, he All his history classes 
are basically just sit around and do other work time. Yeah. They're not even really learning anything. Well, most like, that's shitty. Social studies as a certification in Texas uh, tends to be coaches. Yeah. Um, and that's so, what mine always were. Yeah. So history, geography, oftentimes is a coach who's doing it, and they're not spending most of their time lesson planning. They're getting their shit ready for the game or whatever. Uh, and so a lot of times, yeah, stu students don't just don't even learn anything in those classes. But for what they're supposed to learn, so there's U.S. history is star tested, uh, eighth grade and eleventh grade. So eighth grade is the first, which yeah. is dumb because it's four years to forget everything you learned in the first half. Uh, eighth grade is seventeen seventy six or like uh, you know sixteen hundred ish, sixteen oh seven, Jamestown up to Civil War. Up to like the end of the Civil War, like they're supposed to learn how the war goes down and like essentially Lincoln's assassination is kind of when eighth grade is supposed to end. But a lot of times they don't make it that far. Uh, maybe they get to the very beginning of the Civil War, like if they're lucky. In the, the 11th grade class that I teach, we're supposed to pick it up like right after the Civil War, straight into Reconstruction and go up to 2001, up to 9-11. Or further, like the, really? pa the Patriot Act is on the star test, like a question about the Patriot Act. So like ideally up to really? like 2004 or five, is, but we but we don't get there. Like <laughs> there's way too much shit to cover. Yeah, uh, we never made it. I, I was shocked even in high school, never made it to Vietnam. Yeah, we didn't either. And I never yeah, understood Vietnam. Yeah, same. Never knew, never knew, understood Korea. No, you barely talk about it. just that that it happened. Is yeah. all that you <laughs> we would get uh, a lot of times they'd skip over World War One and go straight into World War Two. Yep. Yep. And I never understood what World War One was. And to me, that was the more interesting one. I could go off World War One forever. That's my yeah. favorite. But yeah, never no, understood yeah. it. It was always World War Two, and you know, um, the big Axis powers of World War Two, mm -hmm. and. Then you just everything kind of just victory, yay! And that was school was over. You know, it was like, uh, what about Vietnam? I don't understand. I have relatives that fought in these wars, and yep. I want to know about them. Like, and the weird thing is, is like Vietnam to this generation is the same amount of time that like World War II was essentially for us, which is a mind fuck for me. That and, is crazy. <laughs> it's like what? Um, yeah. And they still they still know more about World War II than they do about Vietnam. They still don't have zero conception of like what the Cold War. No one understands the Cold War. We never learn about really what it was in high school. Like it just never never no. even talked about the Cold War in high yeah. school. Um, in junior high when I was at Hearst Junior High, so eighth grade, right? No, ninth grade. Um, we it, we went into iraq that's when desert storm desert mm -hmm. shield hit persian gulf yeah and my history teacher changed his entire lesson plan to go boom that's we're cool. going to talk about this and we're going to talk about what's going on and we're going to talk about the middle east and i if i remember right he had a son serving so it hit him hard mm -hmm. and he's like no we're gonna we're gonna go back and figure out you know why the Middle East is the way it is. Yeah. Um, it's the first time all the tribes have been really explained to me and how none of them really like each other. Yeah. They work around each other. And um, it's really interesting. It's, it's awesome your teacher did that. That he went that way 
And when did that happen? 91. 90, I was trying to think of what month. I think it was August. The, the whole thing was over in like three months. Yeah. Was it, I, was it summer? Was it right, summer? July, August, September, or something like that? If I remember right, it was right when we came to school. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd have to look. It was right when we came to school. Yeah. And then it just kind of faded out. And then we went back to the normal yeah. lesson plan. But yeah, that always, that's with the CRT stuff being t- talked about. Yeah. It's like, if you don't even make it to the Civil War, yeah. and you don't even talk about slavery, how it came about, yeah. what happened, and how it got abolished, what's the argument? Yeah. You know, I could see it at a college level, yes. Yeah, sure. And it's going to be talked about because you don't really have to worry about it. I mean, everybody's pissed that you're telling kids about. Yeah, I mean, and, and so it, it, it sucks because the term critical race theory, CRT, like as the way that they're using it, it that, that's not what is actually happening. Like no one's teaching that in school, but that's not what they're even talking about. They're really just talking about essentially teaching racism. Like yeah. that's the fear. Well, what are they? That's the thing. I, I guess I haven't really talked to anybody about. So here, yeah. what are they going to do? Throw it in the middle of an algebra lesson? I mean, it's like what from the the way the legislature. So no, it's it's directly specifically for social studies. Like it's, that's it's what at, I thought. Yeah, at it's history, for teachers history, and, social studies. Yeah. Okay. And so it's essentially the way they've worded the bill and everything is that they don't want teachers to indoctrinate white hate. Essentially, like they're scared of teachers framing things in a way that makes white kids shameful of being white. Um, or, uh, I mean, that, that, I know that that's funny, but like, that's what they're no, really scared of. I, I just, it, I have something to add to that. Yeah. Well, it, go, being go adult, yeah. Well, I like my CEO came out a month ago. Okay. And there's all sorts of articles online about it. Um, uh, I don't, I'm not affected by it because I'm a tech in the field, but the management and upper management has to go through these classes basically to where it says that all white people that work for the company are privileged and are racist. Oh my God. And it's like, and are racist, like straight up the documentation because there's, um, uh, this mole mm-hmm. basically got, it's kind of like the Coke thing mm. with Coca-Cola. Um, got all the documentation and says, yeah, straight up in here. It says that all white people should consider them privileged and that they're racist. Yeah. And, and so that and when something like that is actually happening, then you it's not, you know, as far fetched for to look over and see, well, why are these people worried about X maybe being taught in our schools or whatever? Yeah, it's certainly not. Ha- and cert- sure, you can have teachers, I guess that are, I mean, in this state, it, I feel like it's just like really like in Texas. Are there really that many teachers that you're worried about getting this message? It's the other way around, really. Like, it's like most of the teachers are white anyways. Like, there's just that. Um but like th- they're not teaching i'm not teaching kids to hate whiteness or to to regret whiteness what we're teaching is this is what has happened to people of color <laughs> yeah and the the oppressors yes they're white i mean like but that's to me the, the whole thing isn't about race it, it, it just comes down to history is politicized history is always politicized so it's always but like how do you frame it it's 
history. It's history. This yes, happened. exactly. Exactly. It happened. And then we talk about it. And then we, we had say a country yeah. split in half and fight each other. That happened. That happened. And, and, and you then, can't yeah. just erase it. You can't no. take it away. It's there. Yes. And it it seems like um kind of like uh I was was I talking to Susie about this? It's kind of like the King James version of the Bible. Mm. King James didn't like some of the stuff that was said in the Bible. So you have revisionist history. Yeah. And we're kind of at that time period now. We're going to have revisionist history to where the Civil yeah. War didn't really happen. Yep. And, and we didn't really fight each other. And, you know, we got to, I understand, I totally agree. Terrence Statue's down, whatever. They shouldn't be, um, these figures shouldn't be, have statues made after yeah. or whatever. They shouldn't be, uh, what's celebrated mm -hmm. is the word I'm looking for. But, you can't take it out of the museum. You can't take it out of, you know, the the giant um, uh, equality statue that talks about the Civil War that's in front of our state capitol. Mm -hmm. That stuff, it needs to be there. It needs to be a reminder. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the, there's a direct line to the turmoil that we're having today. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, to the Civil War and the unresolved things that were not fixed or were not addressed yeah. at the end of that war. So, like, and and the unfortunate thing is, race is a part of that. Like, race is tied into that story, for better or worse or whatever. Um, there's no blame. The thing that I think is dumb is like people somehow feel responsible for like what other random people, whether or not we're related to these people, people did like you know yeah. five generations ago, six generations ago. Like, that's not our fault. Yeah. You know, that's but if we're trying to understand the world that we're living in, like, well, it's because of what they were doing back then and the things that they did. Um, but like none of I don't know, none of that is racist. Like, no, <laughs> you know, it's just like you're saying, it's like it's just what happened and you can acknowledge it or not. But I'm afraid that if you if you erase it and you tear it down, it gets forgotten. Mm -hmm. Having reminders of we went through this and we did this, you know? Yeah. You have all sorts of reminders of uh, World War II. You have reminders of 9-11. That stuff needs to be there because yeah. if it's not there, you, the world we live in, uh, and like you said, you know, kids of uh, that are growing up right now are closer to Vietnam, just yeah. like we were to World War II, you know? You don't need to forget those things and how they've happened. Yeah. And I'm that's what I concerns me most is the revisionist history. Mm. And that the media in general is trying to there's two camps. They're trying to either revise history to where this didn't happen or it happened in a different way. Mm -hmm. Or we're trying to provoke it to happen again. Mm. yeah it's and that's I don't, I don't know i don't like it so when it comes to like to me on revisionism like it's the way i look at it i don't look at it as inherently good or bad like it's just part of the historical process because we're constantly learning new things that we didn't know when they originally wrote the histories or new perspectives like i don't know and everyone feels differently maybe you feel differently about this i don't know um the historians back in you know 100 150 years ago used to believe that there was just like one, one universal truth 
for everybody and yeah. that we're all just part of that one story. Yeah. Uh, and over the, you know, since, since like the 60s, 70s, 80s, you're hearing more of like, maybe that's not it. Maybe it's more of like, there's actually multiple perspectives and mm -hmm. you know, there's different things that we contribute to this story. It's not one story. Um, and so like, because of that, when at, like the Christopher Columbus being a savior versus, oh, maybe maybe he actually enslaved people, yeah. you know, from the get go. Like, just go read the first journal entry of when he showed up. Like, slavery was the, the was the, the thing from the get go. Um, that's revisionism, though. Like, that's revising the original story where he's glorified or whatever. And so, I guess, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? In a positive way and not a negative way. Because yeah. it's like it's like the same thing with Lincoln now. You know, a few years ago, you had all this praise. Lincoln this, Lincoln that. We're going to have a, yes. a movie. Yes. Lincoln wasn't that great. And <laughs> he may have been against slavery, but if you read through his journals and his diaries, he wanted to ship pe black people back yeah. to Africa. He didn't want them in the country at all. He was a tactician. He was trying to yeah. think, what can I do to win the war right now? What is going to be the politically savvy move to achieve, to get this? His whole thing was bringing the union back together. Yeah. He was, he, I mean, everyone gives him credit for freeing the slaves. Which he he did he, he said he did technically he did, he did. <laughs> yeah. technically but like he did, but. but it was it wasn't why that's not why the war happened it, it wasn't wasn't his reason for the war you know he was just like trying to bring the country back together and he's like he thought yeah. that was going to be his best way to do that uh, but and, it, it's just know. funny because I'll get people who are like you know Lincoln's the, the one of the greatest presidents ever and I was like well go read some of his journals and diaries some of the books that are out and then come back to me he owned slaves. Yeah. For a long time. And he didn't want any African-American people on this in the country. Yeah. And he didn't want any indigenous people in yeah. this country. Yep. You know, so. And that's one of the things I I had a light bulb pop into my head. I don't know what I was reading recently. I was, I was I'm reading this book uh, from the mid 90s about the militarization of the U.S.-Mexico border. Mm. And it someone the author like made a point that it never occurred to me was that like the the difference between the African American population in the U.S. historically and their treatment versus the treatment of the Native Americans and the treatment of Mexicans and Latinos predominantly, um, where we could deport these other people, Chinese too, uh, Asians too, it was never an option to deport. African-Americans because they were he brought them here essentially against their will before we were even a country yeah. you know and so it's like there was you know there were people who were saying maybe we should go back to Africa if you're Marcus Garvey you know even black people saying we should go back to Africa but it was never like a actual option to like okay we're just going to get rid of these people but you could do that with your Latinos you could do that with your Native Americans we'll just push them out we'll just get rid of them we'll just eradicate them which I don't know what that means, like what the significance of that is, but it's just, it was, it never occurred to me. Well, it's like, also a lot easier to push off Latin American people because you're right here next door to them mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you can, it's easier to dump them off than to, yeah. you know, put a bunch of people back on boats and ship them back across the ocean. Yeah. But that's the type of thing, like why race is a part of the story of America. Yeah. It's like just what we're talking about. Now, like we're not saying good things or bad things about any of the races that we're talking about, but like that, it was part of the motivating factor for some of these people back then, like for better or worse. But that's not critical race theory. <laughs> like that's- No, that, that's, no, that's totally not it. <laughs> that's, like that's not at all critical race theory. That's just talking about race, no, it acknowledging it's, it exists and it having existed, a civil but, conversation about it. But Yeah, trying- Yeah. I, It's a weird stance, but I'm still 
I, I guess if it if it has to be written into a curriculum, they could do it, but you've got to reach a point to where why you're doing it. Yeah. And like I I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. Was like, do you reach that point now? What do you mean? We reach what point? You, the like, Civil War. Like we like, barely even oh, reached the Civil War. Well, so for my class, that was they were supposed to have already reached that in eighth grade. Yeah. And I never, you know, I don't well, know if see, they I did didn't or know not. That. Yeah. I didn't know that and, was the way it was. And laid so out. I mean, the realistic thing is nobody remembers what they did in eighth grade when they were eleventh grader. Uh, and so I have to start like the first three weeks of class is me. I go back to Christopher Columbus because I don't expect them to remember anything from eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to just go like, of course you all know the bill of rights. Like, of course you'll do. No, they don't. No one remembers anything. Um, and so, you know, I try to go back, tell them Columbus, I actually show them the little, the diary entry, which like people would maybe get mad about that. I'm doing that because that's a biased perspective or whatever, but like, it's, it's a diary entry. It's a, exactly. It's this is what he did. It's what, and that's the thing. Like to me, it's like, show them what happened and then let them figure out how they feel about it. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, don't put the, you don't have to put your commentary or your spin on it. I try to not do that as much as possible, but understanding that what I present to them, how I present it to them is my bias. Like. I'm not going to be naive enough to think that I'm going to be some um, impartial observer with these children and be objective. Like I'm not, uh, I'm a human being. I'm not objective. Yeah. Uh, like the stuff that I choose to cover is my bias, but like as much as I can, I present them with the information biased or not or whatever, and then show them, you know, with the significance of it or whatever. And this is how you understand it. And then let them come to their own conclusions about it. That's what I try to do. Are they developed enough to fight back? Yeah. I mean, and that's, I try to, that's the thing is like being a teacher and being, setting a classroom environment enough to where they're comfortable doing so. And like, that's the weird thing about social studies or history versus the other subjects, all the other subjects. And from my perspective, uh, it's all about do this, like, mm -hmm. this is the correct answer. You have to do it this way or you're wrong. Uh, and a lot of times the students are scared to be wrong. They don't want to be wrong. They're embarrassed about it or whatever. Yeah. So they just don't say anything or they don't interact or they don't do anything. And so it's like, and in history, it's not about right or wrong. I mean, you do have to remember certain facts, but a lot of it is more about understanding biases, understanding the motivation behind it, understanding propaganda, right? Yeah. Like under rhetoric, all these things. And so it's like, I, you know, they should and do to me feel comfortable enough going, wait, that doesn't make sense. Is that true? Or where did you get that from? You know, or whatever. I want them. I try to tell them to challenge me and to question. I have a question everything board. I mean, I question everything, like me included. I've seen your pictures and stuff. Yeah. Like and you post to the classroom. I and think stuff. it's important. To, and I want to also reiterate, because they never think about it this way. It's like, I'm the government. Like, I am a, an employee of the state of Texas. And so, like, I am telling you things because I am a human and I trust you and I love you and I'm your teacher. But I'm also telling you guys things because the government requires me to. <laughs> and so like, so under, so question the source, even though I'm your teacher, like still question my motivations and the things I say sometimes because I am the government. This is, you are in a government facility here at the school. Like this is what, you know, this is a serious place. So whenever the kids are like get caught bringing drugs or weed or whatever to the school, I'm always like, what are you doing bringing drugs into a government facility? Like trying to make it, I don't know, understand the gravity of the situation because that's yeah. that's why people get mad when you break stuff at a school because it's you're breaking public property, bro. You know? yeah. like <laughs> that's pretty cool. I, I like that because if I remember correctly, all my last history teachers were coaches. And you're right. They they didn't they didn't really care. They just kind of went through it. And anytime they could show a movie, yeah, to explain oh, yeah. a situation, they would. But that was also the time when going back to the music thing, you know, 
listening to Public Enemy, listening to Rage Against the Machine, you start picking up on things. And mm-hmm. you're like, what? Huh? Mm-hmm. Who? Hoover? Who's that? <laughs> and then he's, yeah, at the time, you'd have to go, you know, yeah, dig around and find it. You know, one of the days I'd be at the library and I'd be like, I need to read about this Hoover guy. I'm like, what's his deal? Now you can just, yep. you know, pick up the phone and blah, 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 go through it. But it's. And that's the thing that's amazing to me. I'm teaching them research right now. Like we're just right at the very end of the semester. So I was ta- talking to them about that. The fact that we can just pull a- our phone out of our ass yeah. and look up whatever Anything. we want, yeah. you know, like the, ev- all the, ki- the, you know, the totality of all human knowledge is just like accessible to all of us now. And like, but how, you got to be smart enough to filter out. That's the thing. Exactly. The now it's even, I would say it's even harder now to filter out what crap is than it was it's when true. we were growing up because it, there wasn't everything, right? We had a, a less amount of information to go through. <laughs> well, most of the time you would go to encyclopedias. Yeah. That'd be the first thing to go to. And then maybe like Time Life would put something out. Yeah. And you would hope, well, back then you didn't really know what a, being young, I didn't know what a bias was. Yeah. So you'd go and you'd be like, well, I know life is supposed to be like this all important book. Yeah. So let me go see. And you'd kind of go through something and you wouldn't realize that they could be pushing you one way or another on something or not, including all the the facts of what really happened. Yep. And yeah, now you've got to be able to. You do. It's a skill you have to like to get around in the world today. It's a skill you kind of need to develop. And so I'm trying to get them to understand that. You know, you got to at least somehow know in the back of your mind, if you go to, I'm going to go to CNN, you know, it's going to lean this way. Yep. If you go to Fox, it's going to lean that way. And, you know, you got to know looking through everything that, you know, yeah. there's a middle of the road here. And that's when you are being an independent thinker, yeah. you know, and you're thinking for yourself, being a critical thinker and not just saying or regurgitating like what other people <laughs> believe or what other people say. I heard I heard the point that parties actually make us dumber than not. Because I've always, I've always thought about it like I'm more of an issue guy. Like I don't care about the party as long as, <laughs> as, long as the issue is being advocated for. That's all I care about. But I've never heard someone say actually being in a like Siding with the party makes which makes sense because you it's it's a it's a heuristic. It's like I don't need to care about what the policies are as long as it's the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, right, or whatever. Like, do you get in? Do you blow their minds and like get into the 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 parties flipping? No. So I I have avoided all Democrat versus. I just don't talk okay. about the parties. I just try to, and I they, I've mentioned it a couple times. That history is crazy. There is. Oh, it's. Lip, and know? I'm looking forward to getting to that point. And I, because a couple students, like a hand, like two or three students that are aware of that and have yeah. asked questions about it. But as far as like framing them and keeping, like I try to not even talk about Democrat, Republican. I just say conservative, or say left or right, or conservative or progressive, because we have the progressive era, like in the yeah. 1910s and 20s. So it's which Matt, those values are the same ones that are people are fighting for today. But like that, that word goes with that time period. So like I use, yeah. you know, I can use it like that. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's fun. I love, I love doing all that stuff with the with the kids. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it's it's weird doing that and like talking about all the stuff that you and I just talked about, and then doing the music thing and like saying all of that stuff. And I'm like, I'm just scared. I'm gonna get fired one day. Like, it just 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> like that's a legitimate concern of mine. But I don't want. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna compromise myself though. It's not gonna like. Well, you know, not gonna do that either. We've had friends that have done that. They've you know compromised their music or their creative art yeah. because they do teach. Yeah. Or they are a principal. And me being an outsider, not having to deal with that, you know, it aggravates me. Yeah. Now. Also, the company I work for, you're not supposed to be like just slandering their name or doing whatever, but <laughs> I kind of lost all hope with that with when COVID started and the way the company handled their mm. that side of it. And then the vaccine, um, pro-vaccine, but I don't want my company telling me I have to do it. And mm-hmm. I don't want to have to show them anything. Mm-hmm. It's none of their business. Yeah. It's none of their business. And the reason for me in that is all it takes is for it to become an insurance deal. Mm-hmm. And all of us, and they're already talking about that, that if you don't prove you're vaxxed, we're going to take an extra $200 out of your paycheck every two weeks to cover that cost. And it's like, it's none of your business. Yeah. This is my body. And what I do with it, as long as I'm well and okay, mm-hmm. should be all that matters. It doesn't, I don't need to check in with you or show you my COVID card. You know? Yeah. That Mastodon show, I had to show my COVID card. You know how it went? Mm. That was it. <laughs> they just checked it. All right. They yeah, looked right. to see if there was two lines filled out. That was it. All right. Cool. Um. So... The way they handled that, you know, bothers me. And it's still going on. It's like most corporations, you know, the airline industry and all that. And all these companies are in the air. I guess some of them are fighting mm-hmm. it, some of them are not. But then um, this whole white uh, thing, yeah, thing that the <laughs> CEO put out. And it's just like, he he puts out, our, our previous CEO, CEO I hated, he was a snake and the way he was running the company he was getting away from telecommunications and wanting to get into the entertainment so that's why i bought mm. hbo and mm. drake tv and all this crap and put and just throwing the telecommunication side and internet side aside and mobile side you know just we don't need it we need this this is the future <laughs> well no it's not you people still need to have cell phones yeah. internet all this at their house so the new CEO is bringing that back. But our old CEO, CEO also wouldn't say shit about anything political. The first week in, our CEO sent out a message about uh, the George Floyd thing. <sighs> and to me, I don't care what your opinion is. Yeah. yeah. I come here to do a job. Yeah. I don't care what your opinion is. And no matter what you email me or send me, it's not going to change my mind. Yeah. We may agree. We may disagree on the subject. I don't care. But he has sent, since then, he sent out like a dozen emails about different, the Kyle Rittenhouse. That's annoying. That is so annoying. It's like, why are you commenting on this? You don't, you don't need, no one cares. No one cares. No one cares what your views are or what's going on. Mm. And half the stuff, I would like to get into a back and forth conversation with him to, because it's like, 
like Kyle Rittenhouse, just for that. Yeah. His character wasn't what was on trial. Mm. The law is what was on trial. Did he break the law? Yes or no? That's what he went to court yeah. for. It wasn't, what did he do on Facebook? Well, what did he do on Twitter? Yeah. What has he said on this? What is on that? That's not what our judicial system is for. No. It's not for, and I hate when character comes into play. It's, did he break the law or not? Yeah. That's what our judicial and system that's, is. That's a, it's a misunderstanding of what our judicial system is supposed to be, right? Yeah. Like it's supposed to be this impartial, non-emotional thing. But really what people use it for, though, I feel like it is this. That people do use it to judge people's character. <laughs> but I'm right? also... And, like, but you're right. But, but no, you're right. But I'm just saying that like, I think there's this misconception. Okay. You walk out of Walmart down the street here with some milk. You, you just walk out with it. Don't pay it. Mm. You get arrested for shoplifting. You go to trial... They pull up your record, mm -hmm. and you have a history of aggravated assault with a weapon, um, uh, shoplifting, DWI, all that crap. Should all that be used in court? Because it doesn't apply to yeah. what you did yeah. when you walked out of Walmart. Yeah. It doesn't. No. The, what the judicial system is supposed to be, you did this at this time. Mm -hmm. Was it right or wrong? But it's been moralized, though. I guess is what I'm it saying. Has like been. It's been it's, it's been used and to. It's terrible. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't either. I don't yeah. think. Um, you know, now if it's you have a history of domestic violence, you've been arrested three, four, five time, and you're back up for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's the same thing. It's repeat offender. Yeah, I can get that. Same thing with murder or whatever. You know. <laughs> You get that pull-up DWI, same thing. You know, there's a system in play for that. I get bringing up that history, but when it's something that, stuff that doesn't apply to what is happening. Yeah. Um, well, I think, too, and like, the George Floyd argument was all these people wanted to bring up his criminal history. Yeah. That has nothing, nothing to do, do with, with yeah. what happened on yeah. the street that day. Yeah. It doesn't matter what he's done. No. I think what would what all that all that should matter. Are you familiar with the term restorative justice? Mm -hmm. um, so that's Amber's talked to me about that sort of stuff, and that's I I agree with that perspective where it's like focused on the victim who suffered in this thing. D did somebody? So if no one did, then maybe we shouldn't be. <laughs> in my opinion, yeah. right? Like if, if if you know if no if there is no victim here, then what are we what are we doing here? Um, but if there is a victim, then what do we need to rectify the situation for that person rather than like the state needing to come in and say, okay, you did this. So this is your consequence or whatever. It's like, it's not about, it shouldn't be about the state doing what the state needs to do. I get do, that with punishment you know? phase. I, yeah. I, can, I can see that. To me, it should be about the, the people, the humans involved. That's my whole thing. It's like the focus on like, or, or is this affecting and helping human beings or is this like helping and upholding an entity or a system like a corporation or a government. Yeah. That's not a human being. Yeah. You know, and like, I just keep looking around in our society and just going like, these are just things here to protect non-humans <laughs> at the, uh, you know, at the extent, or at the, you know, at the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I'm saying? It's, they're there to protect or 
they're there they're set in place to not protect those that aren't privileged yeah at the expense of humans there we go yeah, yeah at yeah. the expense of humans so if if you're not within a certain threshold you're screwed then you're yeah you're screwed that's all it is and or that, you don't fit yeah. into a certain bracket exactly screwed, you know but that's good enough for the system though to keep the system doing what it's got to do yeah or whatever that's all that matters yeah did you uh you see that story in Arizona? I'm going to talk about it on our show tomorrow. Nah. A 61 year old guy goes into Walmart. He's on an electric scooter, mm. rolls into Walmart, and supposedly he takes a toolbox and rolls out with it on his electric scooter. This is all. Oh, no. I think I did hear about this. Hearsay, okay. The Walmart employee chases him out. And says, hey, do you have a receipt for that? And the 61-year-old man says, uh, yeah, I'll show you my receipt and pulls out a knife. Guy backs off, calls the cops. Guy rolls off in his electric scooter. Um, there's nothing said like if he goes by his vehicle or not, but in across the parking lot to Lowe's. And he starts making his way towards Lowe's. Cop car pulls up. He's going into like the garden center. And cop car pulls up the body cam, 13 seconds. Goes, stop, stop what you're doing. Do not go in there. Do not go in there. Do not go in there. The guy just keeps rolling on mm-hmm. in lows. Cop fires on him nine times. Oh my God. Shoots him eight times. Then one more. As the guy slumps over and falls out, cuffs him. <sighs> so. The police body cam footage and the Lowe's security footage was released. First off, the most fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Sounds infuriating. That cop, well, they fired him instantly (laughs) and have pressed. um, Good. I think it's murder one against him. Murder, you know, manslaughter. Um, 61-year-old with a knife. Say he's got a knife. What's he going to do? What's he going to do with it? Cut you? Yeah. He's not going to stab you. It takes a lot to stab someone. And when you're in a chair. You're, you're in, in a, a chair. chair what are you gonna do? He's rolling away from you. Yeah. All those scooters have a big red button emergency <laughs> stop on them. Yeah. You could have stopped him. Heck, you could have thrown something in front of him and yeah. you would have stopped him. Yeah. The other thing that's infuriating as a gun owner and knowing gun rights, mm-hmm. this cop fires on this guy. Nine times. And you see the cop is just firing at him. And there's the doorway. When it cuts to the Lowe's cam, there are two people. checkout attendants standing right there oh watching the whole thing go down. Now, you, do you have a concealed handgun? Not no, I don't. Okay. Thing they teach you. You're responsible for everything that comes out of that barrel. No yeah. matter what the yeah. lawsuit is, you need to know where it's going, what's behind your target, mm. what's happening. Cop shot nine times, and there's two clerks standing right there behind this guy in the area. And that's what you see on camera. Were there customers standing there? I mean, it's the nursery set. Yeah. Wow. The whole thing. Absolutely infuriating. Yeah. Whole thing. 
me and the guys I work with, um, now they're all super right. Mm-hmm. Um, Marines, you know, they serve and hardcore right. But all of us talked about that that day about how fucking stupid that cop was. It's just terrible. And did that and how aggravating, you know, just seeing stuff like that. Yeah. It's a secret. Well, For what? What's he going like, to do? Yeah. Turn the and again, scooter, like, spin it in a circle with the knife out? It, you can stop all of this. Yeah. And what was that? Who, who you know, who was the victim <laughs> in this? In this before before the cops showed up, right? Like like what actually happened? What went wrong? Okay, the dude shoplifted. What what needs to be done? You know, a thirty dollar uh, toolbox. Yeah, yeah. Like just yeah. I mean, at Walmart, who's has the the oh highest? Uh, what do you call it? Loss prevention. Yeah, cost in the world. Yeah. It's Walmart. They, they make yeah. billions. 30 bucks. An old man who you have no idea could just be dementia. Yeah. Senile something. Doesn't know. And what I would say, so this might, this might sound a little left wing, but this is the response when property is at stake in our country. Yeah. The value of property is valued more than life in a lot of situations. I and like 100% this agree. $30 toolbox was needed nine bullets i guess to rectify this situation like doesn't make any a sense a guy in the back and they asked like i guess they said they asked the cop uh why he didn't tase pull his taser up well there's a chair the guy was sitting in a chair and it wouldn't have gone through the chair so your next thought process is well my bullets will go through the yeah. chair this guy just sounds like an idiot. And he walked over after the guy slumps over and falls on the ground, walked over and handcuffed him. That's just infuriating. Angry. Yeah. It's too many. There's too many gung ho people, too, gung ho cops out there and <sighs> gung ho law enforcement. Yeah. And it's aggravating. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's one of those professions, like that's, it's a profession where that's where you maybe want to go, where some people want to go, because I guess you can. You can be, be a certain way. You can be the type of... I mean, two people go into teaching for the same reason, I think, uh, to have power over people. <laughs> like, uh, it's... it's There's some people, you know... I'm not going to... You know you know how it is. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, don't, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm so, like... <laughs> I didn't know this happened. I don't know how I missed this. Like, it's this is... infuriating. And, like, it's, it's made me mad, like, all weekend. I'll be sitting there, and I'll just think about it. I'll be like... I, I just don't... I don't yeah. understand. It's the mentality that bothers me. It's the mentality of that's what you go to. Yeah. There's no, like, me and Matt talk about this all the time. And it's like, you really hope people aren't that stupid, but they are. Yeah. That they are. And yeah. you really, you try to hold people up and you try to you really hope people have common sense and they don't No, They and, just don't. And that's the thing. Like when it comes to like police reform or whatever, or, or defunding the police or whatever, it's not an issue of some bad cops or some bad apples. It's like it's, people are just fucking dumb. And if you don't set up the system or have certain rules and regulations in place, I'm not talking about training. Cause like, I'm not, 
there's enough training, whatever. Like you can do as much training, all, all the training you want. Training's only going to get you so far. Um, but having patrol officers that don't have guns in their cars, for instance, like that would be how you don't give them the opportunity <laughs> yeah. to fuck up like that. Like, I'm not saying cops shouldn't be armed, but I'm saying like for those types of calls for when you got a shoplifter, like you don't need a gun. You don't. Um, there's no, there's no reason anybody needs to be shot for any shoplifting. Uh, and that, and, and, and I know that that's when, you know, people, they're here to protect us or whatever, but like, it's, they don't need that in every situation, in my opinion. And that's the type, those are the types of changes that I think need to happen, but that's a long, we got a long way to go before we get there. Yeah. And the, the thing that it defaults to, which aggravated me about the defund the police is, you know, all these people, defund the police, defund the police, defund the police. Well, what happens is the first people that get hit are either your after school program, mm-hmm. uh, your community watch program, and your 911 operators. Yeah. The, so they like, get the shaft because that's how. Yeah. No, you're right. That, what is it? That business, that utility, that service, whatever. Yeah. That's how it works. That's how it falls down. It's, you're not defunding the outside police. Yeah, I You're say get good riddance to two of those though. Like, I'll, I'll get rid of the after-school programs. We don't need those. Well, the only <laughs> the only thing that I and see the, that it affected yeah. is since I work a lot in East Fort Worth, there are community centers and stuff that will open up for young kids after school yeah. while their parents are working. Yeah, that stuff. Sure. Um, when the whole defund thing came through, you know the proposition to defund the Fort Worth police, that was a big thing mm-hmm. that they were arguing about. I was like, no, we need this over here mm-hmm. because these young kids don't have anywhere to go and we don't want them on the streets. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, that Westland to Como area mm-hmm. is bad. Or not Como, Westland to Stop 6 area. Yeah. Is a bad area. Yeah. And we don't want, you know, kids just roaming the streets and getting into... Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Like, I guess uh, geographically designating certain areas as bad areas. Like, it's tricky. You you don't want to stigmatize a certain area. Yes, there's a hard, this, there are issues over there. I'm not going to say there's not issues over there. But it's it, like, that's the thing is like when we're saying these areas are the bad areas, that's when we kind of, I feel like, create more problems or whatever. And what were you, you were going to say something. Well, that, like, I work that area quite a bit. Yeah. And nice to live over there. It's really not that bad. No. Um, there are more, it's more pockets of like three or four streets clumped together. Yeah. That are issues. But, you know, a lot of people think that that is black gangster area. Yeah. Yeah. And they're wrong. Yeah. The Latin community, Hispanic community has taken over a lot of East Fort Worth. Yeah. And especially right there, right by Westland, where you're talking about yeah, kind of like just a right in that east, area. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's, it's bad, but it's not, you know, as dire as it's not like it was in the 90s. It's man. not like South Chicago. It, it, no, it's not like that. But even as because it, it was bad in the 90s, like it was, it was there well, was, stop six yeah, was yeah, yeah, and it's gone. Yeah. It, it's not like it. that at all. Like, yeah. I don't know. And they're trying to clean it up that, uh, where Stop Six sat in that, what is it? Stop Six Heights mm-hmm. that goes south down Village Creek Parkway or Village Creek Trail uh, to Eastbury. That area is pretty bad. Um, 
but there's there's a reason is there's a lot of abandoned homes yeah. and abandoned land and old people living over there that just mm-hmm. don't look after anything. Yeah. So kids, when I say kids, teenage to mid twenties mm-hmm. run rampant, run wild yeah. over there. And that's when it comes down to, okay, we could spend this money patrolling the area more, or we could spend this money surveilling the air, set up cameras, you know, and do yeah. whatever, which we've done. We've done both of those things. How do you feel um, about that? I fucking hate it. I hate the surveillance state. Like, that's the last thing I want that's my tax dollars to. And as I drive to. around, my area covers East Fort Worth, downtown, and all the north side. Mm. And that's where all the cameras are. <laughs> There are cameras all over yeah. North Side now. Yeah, which North Side is a little wild. It's it gets wild up there at night. It gets a little crazy, um, but there are cameras yeah. everywhere, and I'm like, oh my god! And they're not in, on the West Side. That's the thing, and that was kind of one of the issues I remember and being how are brought they not? up. That they're, whole uh, Normandy area needs yeah. cameras all over it. Yeah, but I, like to me, what I guess what I was what I was gonna say is like that's I would rather that's expensive. I would rather not. When when they talk about that's the funny. I remember the the budget for these cameras was under like infrastructure or like yeah, or like something like that. And and like we could take that money and we could just like revitalize the east side area. Like give more parks. Like if they had a skate park over there, maybe the kids would be skating or something instead of busting people's windows out or whatever. Right. Like yeah. as you can invest time and money housing, like I know homelessness is going to be, is going to continue to be an issue. We're going to see more of that. We're going to end up more like the San Francisco's or whatever, uh, as time goes on, like we're going to need to deal with that. We can invest in addressing that, or we can criminalize these people and lock them up and put them in, in jail. And that's going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'd rather, you know, not do that. <laughs> what I like, what I don't like about, because that's also my area, that Lancaster area is my area. Mm. What I don't like, and I don't know a way to get around this, because I guess all those shelters are are privatized. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. yep. Whether it be by the Salvation Army, the Union Gospel, yep. um, all that. But... Why are you charging four or five dollars a night for mm-hmm. people to stay there? Mm-hmm. Why is there a cover fee yeah. to sleep inside your building, get a hot meal, and um, uh, you know, get a bath? You guys are making money. You're making money. The and Red then, Cross yeah. makes money. All those, oh yeah, you make so much money, and it's all taxable. Yep. So why are you charging a cover fee yep. for people to stay here at night? I don't. I don't know. I don't get that. Yeah, there's a whole. I don't like that. That's exploitation. I, mean, I think it yeah. is. I've never seen, and I've never really looked. I guess, but I've never seen like a breakdown of why that happens. Mm-hmm. But it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Just yeah. straight up, it shouldn't be done that way. I mean, essentially, Amber had to do some stuff in the nonprofit sector. Uh, she did some stuff working for some housing, uh, and Rise and stuff. And uh, there's just I'm not gonna name names or anything but there's just a lot of bs going on it's just a lot of people setting up organizations to get free money from the government and like not really following through with is the organization doing what it's supposed to do for yeah. its clients or not um which I don't, I don't know how that works either like I, it's, it's just it sounds like a bureaucratic like people who know how to work the system is very easy to do so but for people on the outside it's just like a big you know obfuscation i don't know i think it's all mentality too yeah you gotta have the mentality to do that yeah and want to screw people over yeah 
I had a friend that had that mentality. It's like, well, I can set up, I can buy all these homes, flip them into elderly housing, mm. house four or five people old in there, four or five old people in there. The house will be completely free, and I get five thousand dollars a month for yeah. that. You know, I will make money off of this, and I'm like, no, yeah, and. You know, down there they've built these beautiful buildings for mm-hmm. the homeless to stay in. Now, one's a uh, a set of apartments that once you get, it's kind of like a, I call it like a halfway home, but it's kind of that's not the right term. It's a place like to get yourself going, yeah, and back on the street. So you actually have to pay rent, but all utilities are covered, mm-hmm. and I think rent's like I don't know, fifty bucks a month or something. Yeah, you know, something real stupid. cheap. Well, it's a place where um, their goal was women and kids, give them a place to go that's safe mm-hmm. off the streets. Um, you know, working mom, a place where she can feel comfortable that her kids are staying home. Yep. Because um, it's, you know, secure building. But then they also have a brand new building that was a complete, uh, you know, cafeteria, sleeping area, giant showers, everything. It's like, five bucks to get in there and it's like come on really that's yeah you know it's crazy and a lot of i mean there's a lot of panhandlers that scam the system you see them at the same intersection every Mm -hmm. day i've seen you know driving around everywhere there's a couple that give the knowing nod or wave because we see each other every day Mm -hmm. they've been there for two or three years yeah they're making money they get it yeah but then you got a bunch of people down there that are just have either um, addiction issues or mental issues, and they can't put together five bucks every night, yeah, every day to spend there every night, yeah. I just and some people. This is something I didn't even think about or know about until Amber started working in that area. Uh, shelters aren't safe for everybody. Oh, no. Uh, some people, you know, terrible things happen at shelters. Uh, um, also, the streets. Yeah. I've been down there. There's a big sprint building down there that's got a bunch of fiber optic running through it. And we've had to go down there and, and turn up fiber uh, for that sprint building. And fights in the streets, gang fights. You know, it's basically, mm-hmm. it's kind of like prison. Yeah. White versus black, Aryan versus whatever. Yeah. You're like, what? And this is like the city could have public housing, you know, if we put money towards it or something. Oh, or... <laughs> they just boarded it all up. Yeah, exactly. And what are they going to do to that whole little island? Oh, yeah, over there, Butler Butler yeah. Street or whatever. Yeah, who knows, who knows what up. they're going to do oh, to it? Oh, no. Yeah, we turn it have, into businesses or whatever. We got to have yeah. uh, multi, what is it, multi-use yeah. uh, condos that overlook downtown. Yeah. Once... We'll see if that actually happens. But well, the la- last public housing they closed down became uh, Radio Shack and mm. now TCJC downtown, because all that used to be public housing. Interesting, right there. Yeah. Same type of houses that are Butler gotcha. look exactly the same. Uh, where okay, yeah, Radio yeah, Shack yeah, yeah, rolls yeah. down the hill. That was all the same, exact same style buildings as Butler. And the problem, like, there was a philosophical problem with America's approach to public housing because it was the Cold War, and 
public is a social it's socialism or if you want to say it's communism or whatever like it's it's the government providing free housing for people and in like soviet russia or bulgaria whatever like that's just everybody had it that's just what everybody had uh and so like america was not wanting to do those things so we essentially took i watched a cool video on it we took this french dude who was like a science fiction architect guy whatever was like kind of come up with futuristic uh, so plant city planning on like twenties and thirties. I know who you're talking. You know who about. you're talking about. Yeah, because um, hundred percent invisible did a whole episode about. Yeah, him. yeah, and I cannot think of his name, but I know who you're talking about because yeah. it was right there. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's basically what gave way to the uh, shopping centers. And yes, stuff. yes, yeah. it's like the same. But apparently, like it didn't take off in Europe. Like his ideas didn't, t- but here they did. Yeah, and so now, and this is kind of where you were because the- his sprawling land here in Europe, they already had their tight knit pub culture. Yeah, all this like your your small villages within the city. Exactly, because you know London is a bunch of villages. Yeah, basically. So yeah, that was already there. So he came over here and started doing all this stuff, and yeah. which maybe looks aesthetically pretty on paper and stuff and 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 in design but what ended up happening is you isolated these people from the rest of the city yeah and so they didn't it they it you know if you look at like chicago public housing for instance like they literally became like sniper towers or whatever like because there's nothing going on on that part of town like there's there's no eyes on the street there's no observation it's completely separated from the rest of the city so after decades and decades you know you get to the 80s and it's just gang warfare, ninety, you know, eighties and nineties. It's just, yeah. it's just a, an, an entire mess. And it's like we think public housing doesn't work or can't work in this country because that's what's happened of the recent history of it. But it's like, well, no, it can. You can look around the world and see where it's worked in so many different places. But just we kind of did this one variety of it and for decades, and then stopped and just kind of declared it a failure. Well, you have plenty of places that are low income housing that work. Yeah, you know, they work perfect. You just need more programs like that or, you know, the the staging yeah. of, you know, um, I said halfway house earlier, but, you know, just depending on what your income is or where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like if you are homeless on the street, here's you a place. Yeah. Here's you a place to stay. It's not fancy, but I'm going to give you the tools to be able to get on your feet again. If you have addiction issues. I'm going to give you the tool to clean up. If um, you have mental issues, I'm going to give you the tools to someone to see, Mm -hmm. to try to help you if they can. Um, And then you can graduate and go from here to there. You know, you get a job, you start making money, then you move to here. It's kind of like the pedals we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah. You know, get the boutique one. You start making your way up. What do you think of this? Um, or do you think something like this would work or could work here in America? So essentially like in the Netherlands, I believe it's the Netherlands, they've got a three tier real estate or housing sort of situation. And it's like 60% of the country is in public housing, but it's like good public. It's like luxury public housing. If you want to look at it that way, it's like, it's not just the bare bones minimum. It's like, it's good housing. Yeah. Uh, and people is relative like rent control and no one pays more than I think the, the equivalent of like 800 bucks a month of rent or whatever. And then you have the other two tiers that are essentially some form of form of a free market. Uh, the middle tier is more restricted. The top tier is more of a free, less restrictive market. And it's like 
if you are rich or want to live in better conditions in the public housing, you can. But it's this, you know, 40 percent of the. Of what the, are the limitations? What are the like? I don't I don't know. What would limit honest. you on your tiers? Oh, I mean, uh, I guess as far as um the amount like there's more rent control. So like uh, but for this for the certain for the middle 20 percent or whatever, it, you can't charge more than X amount for rent. OK. And then that top tier, there'd be like, no, you can just it's, open. it's just whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that would work. The problem with American mentality is materialism. Yeah. And one upness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I worked, um, in Viridian over in Arlington quite a bit. And it's a weird design neighborhood to where there's some houses in here that cost this much and there's zero lot lines. You're right on top of each other, whatever. Mm. And then there's houses in here that cause that are wide open, you know, a million. I, I'd say I think there were seven hundred fifty thousand to one point two million, but they're mixed in. Yeah, with those. Interesting. And they're still, I, f- I feel there would still be the one upness of yeah. I gotta have a better place than you, or I'm jealous of your place. If we could get over the material aspect of things, that mentality and it be more of a appreciative aspect of what you've got and what's going on. But I don't think the American mindset is, is too ingrained to be work your ass off to get really nice and cool things and make your neighbor jealous. Yeah. And that sucks. Keeping that's up a, with the Joneses. I mean, that's yep. that's just that's that's capitalism, you know. Yeah, prop, that's propaganda. That's yeah, that's what that's, it is. That's what it is, and that's how you can make more money and sell more products if you're a business owner, or whatever. Is by is that mentality, right? Yeah, like that, that mentality. You want to breed that mentality. But even like Butler Place, I'd go down there and work sometimes, and everybody's living the same house. Yeah, the same building. Yeah, same layout. Everything's the same. Yeah. What's different? The cars sitting in front of them. <laughs> yeah. So you're living in Butler Place, but you have a BMW M3 or an Audi A8. And it's like, what are these doing in here? Yeah. You know, or, um, uh, you know, badass blacked out Tahoe mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. all this stuff. And you're like, what? Yeah. Weird. Very weird. You know, amazing vehicles sitting in front of these <laughs> Butler Place apartments. But that's America. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. Um, that's a good... That's a, yeah. That's you go to other countries and you see how people are living and how in some of these cities, everybody has the exact same thing. And there may be some undercover braggadocia happen because I think that's mm-hmm. human spirit, you yeah. know. Yeah. But it's not as prevalent as... I mean, that's what, that's one of the things I thought was really interesting, I guess, towards the end of the Cold War, you get to the late seventies and the eighties and all of this Western stuff just starts making it through, you know, you know, your blue jeans and your, your, your VHS Chuck Norris tapes, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And that was, it did become, it became a novelty thing where it's like, well, I've got this American stuff or whatever. And you don't, uh, even over there, even though that's not culturally, you know, it still happened. You still had people doing, you know, 
that. But I, I think that's also human spirit. You want yeah, stuff I, yeah, that isn't, isn't normal or isn't uh, from your culture. You want, you know, the the Pantera uh, home video, the uh, volume three or whatever it is, vulgar videos from mm, hell. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to Russia to play the that big Monsters of Rock, Moscow, whatever. Yeah. And one of the things over there is trading blue jeans or people are trying to buy stuff yeah. off of them as they're walking around the streets or whatever, you know, and it's their shoes and stuff. And it's like, cause people want that. Yeah. People want it, you know? And that's a, a country that was polar opposite mm-hmm. of what we had. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not much we want from Russia. Is there <laughs> vodka. Maybe that that big muff, maybe. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need all your tubes. Yeah. We need there all you your subtech tubes. Your soft tech tubes. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> we need you to send them all over here. That's what we want. That is I actually yeah, I think that stuff's pretty cool actually. Those old the Soviet, you know, technology stuff yeah. that they had to come up with based on the materials they had at hand because they didn't have access to all the Yeah. The best of the best. Man, there's a guy, a Soviet guy i follow he's like a soviet handyman on instagram yeah and the stuff he comes up with i need to follow this guy. it's just kind of like oh and it's stuff like the other day i need to pour paint and i but i don't want to get paint everywhere when i pour it out of the can and he just takes some like uh masking tape and makes a little nice little funnel pours it out yeah. and i'm like simple genius <laughs> Why didn't I think of this beforehand? <laughs> and it's great. And he gets no paint anywhere. Clean mess. Wow. Folds it over. Done. Nothing all around the ring. Nothing. Around. Wow. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> and he's, the page is just full of cool stuff like that. That sounds fun. You get down on that. But it's ingenuity because of what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you got to make it work. Like MacGyver, know. that shit, you know? Does, yeah. You know, does Moscow have Lowe's and Home Depot every 10 miles? Probably now. (laughs) But yeah, or whatever. Yeah, whatever European version. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Well, yeah, man. Yeah. We could do, we could go forever if you want, man. We can keep going. I'm always down to talk. (laughs) I am too. I am too. And this was fun. This was good. Hell yeah. Well, I appreciate appreciate, it. I did too, man. Appreciate you doing this. Had a blast. I like, and just shoot the shit like this. Yeah. Check out Dustin and Matt Stubbs on the award-winning Jerry Jonestown Massacre podcast every Tuesday live on YouTube at 8 p.m. or every Wednesday wherever your podcasts are found.